This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 92 of the Catholic Foodie. There's more than one way to fall. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking about falling. You know, there are many different ways that you can fall. You can fall in love. Uh, you can fall away from the church, but please don't do that. You can fall into sin. Don't do that either. <laughs> you can fall forward. You can fall backward. Matter of fact, in just a couple of weeks, daylight saving time will come to an end and we'll fall back an hour. I love that one. And of course, there's simply just falling, like I did last week, twice. You'll hear all about it right here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Man, I couldn't. I was. I had a couple extra seconds there, but I thought I'd let that slide. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about a few other things, too, not just that. I mean, the fact is, we are now in fall, so that's not just falling, but hey, it's it's we're in fall, which is cool. It is cool, actually. It's been incredible for the last two weeks. I'll tell you about that in just a bit. Uh, we're also going to talk about beer and books and uh, maybe even uh, a couple other things. We'll, we'll see when we come to it. So, uh, first off, I want to give a special thanks to our, the folks over at divineoffice.org, the sponsors of the show today. You know, I've said it many times before, and you've heard me say this, I love the Liturgy of the Hours. It is uh, definitely one of the staples of my prayer life, and I recommend it to everybody, so I recommend that to you. If you don't know anything about it at all, or if you do know about it but have no idea how to pray it, go over to divineoffice.org and check it out. Lots of good things over there. And speaking of the Liturgy of the Hours, just the other day I got some feedback I want to share with you. This is from Kathy in California. Now, if you remember last episode, I did talk about a book that I picked up at the Carmelite Monastery, or convent, uh, just a, about a week or so ago for a special Mass they had in honor of St. Therese of Lisieux. Well, they had a bunch of books they were just getting rid of. They sold them for like a dollar a piece. And I came across a book that was entitled, or that is entitled, uh, The Liturgy of the Hours in East and West. And it's basically the origins of the divine office and its meaning for today. Well, Kathy heard that, and she wrote in, and this is what she, uh, this is what she had to say. She said, I listened with interest to your recent episode when you mentioned you found an old book about the history of the Liturgy of the Hours. I've been praying the Liturgy of the Hours for just over a year now and would love to know the name of the book to see if it's available somewhere. Incidentally, I found that praying the Hours is addictive. I started out with the one-volume Christian prayer book, eventually downloading and listening to divineoffice.org, and eventually moved into an app for my iTouch, which I found on iTunes called iBrievery Pro, which I sometimes follow along while listening to PlayStation Portable with Jeff Vista. I think the new media revolution is marvelous for evangelizing and spreading the word. Kathy in California. And Kathy, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, new media is unbelievable, unbelievable how it's transforming our lives, not just... Uh, not just like on Facebook, <laughs> not just our personal lives, but business and education and, of course, the church. There is so much out there that's being said right now about um, the Catholic, uh, well, our faith 
and evangelization, catechesis, and using, effectively using new media. And I will, uh, in coming episodes, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, there are a couple of resources that I'll put in the show notes, uh, articles that have been, uh, or statements, I should say, that have been made by the Vatican or different, um, um, uh, I don't know, hierarchy, members of the hierarchy, uh, regarding new media and its use by the faithful in a good way, you know, as far as evangelization and catechesis goes. I'll share that uh, with you in the show notes. Um, and I'm going to mention more about this topic because I don't think I've mentioned this before on the show, but in about a month, I will be, I'll have the honor of speaking together with my good friend Lisa Hendy of CatholicMom.com and Catholic Moments Podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about new media in evangelization and catechesis at the uh, annual convention of the National Catholic or the National Conven- uh, Conference of Catholic Women. I just botched that up. NCCW, National uh, Conference of Catholic Women. Uh, we will be uh, doing a presentation at their annual convention in Washington, D.C., and that is uh, mid, mid-November. So incidentally, if you are going to be at that convention, let me know. Give me a call, 985-635-4974, or send me an email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. I would love to meet you. That would be very, very fun. So back to what Kathy wrote. Uh, I agree, Kathy, 100% about new media, of course, and I can share your love and passion for the Divine Office. Absolutely, it is addictive. Uh, matter of fact, I find that um, I'm, I'm even stopping. My, my, my schedule now allows me to do this. I find myself not planning to, but just sort of stopping in the middle of the day and saying, hey, I'm going to do daytime prayer. I'm going to do noon prayer. And uh, just it's not a, it's not a long uh, office. It's not a long hour. It's only uh, maybe takes 10 minutes to pray uh, noon prayer. So I just find myself stopping randomly in the middle of the day, you know, to, to do that before uh, having a bite to eat for lunch. And it's something I didn't plan, uh, just organically happened. Same thing for night prayer. Um, it just sort of organically happened. I, I didn't plan on doing that. I, I wanted to try to do either evening or night prayer. But, uh, you know, even when I do evening prayer, I find that as it's time to wind down and get in bed, I just start kind of gravitate toward night prayer. So, (laughs) you know, I do that. uh, I've been doing that too. It is addictive. You're right. And, uh, you know, I did take a photo of that book and uh, sent that, uh, the copy of the cover of the book rather. And I I did email that to, to you, Kathy. But uh, just to repeat here is the liturgy, the hours in East and West, the origins of the divine office and its meaning for today by Robert Taft, who is a Jesuit priest and it was published by the Liturgical Press in Collegeville. So that is the book. I have not gotten into it yet. I'm looking forward to it. Just haven't had a chance to do so yet. But Kathy, if you do find a copy, let me know um, as we read it, uh, hopefully in the same kind of time frame. frame maybe we can uh, compare notes or something. I think that'd be fun. All right, so we're going to move in now to our prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you who are the bread of life, have mercy on us and fill us with your life. We need you, Jesus, not just at the end of our lives, but right now, in this family, on this day, at this moment. 
Be with us, Lord, and bless us as we gather in your name. Thank you for all the gifts you have given to us. By your blessing, may this food bring us health and mind and body and help us to draw closer to you the true food come down from heaven. Amen. I don't really drink, you know. Of course you don't. I wouldn't either if I was drinking that. But you would have to be an idiot of elephantine proportions not to appreciate this 61 Chateau de la Tour. And you, Monsieur Linguini, are no idiot. <laughs> Let us toast your non-idiocy. Well, our good friend Sarah Vabulous, the Catholic drinky, is not going to be with us today. However, I do want to share something with you. Just the other day over at CatholicDrinky.com, she uh, shared a post there. It's called Faith and a Pint of Guinness. And I don't know if you have ever had Guinness before, but Guinness is a stout. It's it's an Irish beer, Uh, or actually, technically, it's not a, a a beer, I don't believe it's a it's a stout, and it's um it it's a um, it's strong. It is strong, and it, you normally you know the, to get a really good Guinness, it needs to be from a keg. It's got to be a draft. You know, matter of fact, uh, some of the the bot the cans they actually sell Guinness in cans where uh, it's got a an activator inside. So once you pop the can, it creates a foam head. Uh, when you pour it into a glass, it'll create a really good foam head, kind of a, as a, a imitation, I guess, of a of a draft beer. Uh, of course, they also sell it in bottles, but Guinness is very good. I enjoy Guinness. It is not a sweet beer. Uh, it's it's a strong beer. Alcohol content, I think it's about six percent alcohol by volume, so it's not that strong. It's stronger than. Uh, <laughs> Let me rephrase that. If you're used to drinking Bud and Miller and all that that stuff, uh, then yeah, it'll be it would be considered strong compared to that. That's usually three and a half to four percent alcohol by volume, uh, but it's also kind of strong to the taste. It's got stout. It's, it's kind of like that uh, kind of a bitter taste to it. It's really really good stuff. Anyway, this was what she uh, she posted here about faith and a pint of Guinness, which made me thirsty. By the way. And uh, Sarah, I hope you don't mind me reading this uh, this post, but I really enjoyed it. So uh, I was talking with a friend of mine today and my roommate for my trip to Greece, and she told me a super awesome story. She used to go to daily mass at the cathedral in Houston when she worked downtown, and the psalm for the day was Psalm 27, it was verse 14 in particular, uh, which states, wait for the Lord, take courage, be stout-hearted, wait for the Lord. When the priest who was presiding over Mass delivered the, the homily, he said when he heard, or that when he hears the word stout, he thinks of Guinness. <laughs> and she says, this is, a, this is truly a priest after my own heart. But more importantly, he went on to say that our faith should be as strong as a pint of Guinness. What a beautiful, a wonderfully beautiful way to relate two of my favorite things, my Catholic faith and good, solid beer. I would hope that my faith is as solid and strong as a well-poured pint of Guinness. I do recognize, however, 
that there's always so much work for me to do daily to be a faithful servant. Is your faith as strong as a pint of Guinness? I love that post. Thank you very much, Sarah, for that. I wish I had you on here reading it. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll have you back on the show. Uh, but man, isn't that great? That is great. And it, it's just a clear, uh, a clear analogy, a clear connection there between food, something that we take in, whether it's eating or drinking, and our faith. Uh, it, it's kind of like St. Paul being able to use anything around you to relate, to jump in, to make a connection with your hearers. Uh, if you're a, a podcaster, I guess it'd be hearers, listeners. If you're a blogger, it'd be your readers, to connect with people uh, with something they can relate to and connect that to the gospel, to connect it to our faith, to connect it to our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? So this is uh, something you can find over at catholicdrinky.com, this post, Faith in a Pint of Guinness, catholicdrinky.com slash faithguinness, all one word. And of course, Guinness is spelled with two N's, two N's in Guinness. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, we are in our salad segment. Can you believe it? And uh, things are going quick today. And, uh, you know, health tips. That's what I normally talk about in this uh, this segment is health tips. And I'm going to kind of deviate just a bit uh, from that. It's still about health, but uh, I'm going to kind of bring in this whole fall thing, this fall theme that you uh, may have noticed in the intro. Yes, it is fall. I love it. I love the fall. I love the weather. You know, for two weeks now, we have not run our air conditioner. Think about that. Think about that. We live in South Louisiana, right outside of New Orleans, where you, normally it's like a thousand percent humidity. You, know, you can, you know, walk outside. You feel it. It's kind of like walking into jelly or something. It's tangible. You can feel, you get assaulted by the humidity when you walk out your door. Well, I mean, for the last two weeks, we have not had that. We have had genuine at least for down here, fall weather. And it has just been such a blessing. It's incredible. It's been a blessing just because it's it's wonderful to experience it. But it's also going to be a blessing on the pocketbook when the uh, when the uh, you know electric bill comes in next month. Uh, two weeks without running the AC. Wow, you talk about some savings. That's great. Uh, but in addition to the you know the fact that we are in fall, one of the things that goes along with fall is football. And last week, it was last Thursday afternoon. Uh, I was outside throwing the football with my son, Christopher, and we were just playing around, throwing the football, no big deal. We weren't running around or anything. We were just throwing it back and forth. We kind of like to pass it to each other and try to count how many times we could catch it without dropping it because invariably we, we don't get too high, okay? <laughs> we don't ever make it too far. Um, and it was a Nerf football, so it wasn't like a you know big, you know regular kind of football, Nerf football. Anyway, at one point, Christopher threw it, and he threw it really kind of high, and so I jumped up to get the football to catch it, and uh, which I did, by the way. I did make the catch, but when I came down, I came down kind of halfway on the driveway and halfway in the yard, and I just heard this pop, pop, 
and excruciating pain. And next thing I know, I'm flat on my back on the ground, rolling around in leaves. And uh, if you have experienced anything like that or know anybody who has, you know that it's kind of like a, a, a sprain, right? And when you hear that pop like that, it's typically a bad sprain. Well, it's not my first time, not my first time to hurt, matter of fact, to sprain that particular foot, that that foot in, um, that foot. <laughs> when I was at uh, the Franciscan University of Steubenville going to college way back when, uh, my first year there, I was in the dorm. They had a, a thing where uh, it was kind of an agreement with the local hospital. They had a, a, a nursing program there. And uh, their their nurse uh, nursing students would stay on site. They had a dorm in the hospital, and it was Ohio Valley Hospital, OVH. And so, Steubenville, because the Franciscan University had so many students there, they leased out part of that dorm for Franciscan University students. And I was one of those lucky students who had a really nice, nice dorm room. Okay, we had more. Uh, uh, storage space than I knew what to do with, first of all. Secondly, had sinks in my own room, you know, and a mirror and a sink in my own room. And, uh, you know, the bathroom was just right across the hall. It wasn't like being in the dorm where you had to go down the hall to get a sink or anything. I mean, we, we were living it up over there at OVH. Anyway, I, I had hurt myself playing basketball, uh, came down on someone's foot going after going up for a rebound, and really had a bad sprain then. And it was the funny thing is, it was in the gym that was in the hospital. <laughs> so, I mean, I couldn't walk on it. I couldn't do anything. It was awful. I tried to walk it off. Couldn't even walk it off. I mean, I, I was just in pain. So, uh, but it got about a, you know, about a, my ankle got about as big as my head. And uh, luckily, we're in the hospital. So, someone ran down to the ER and grabbed a, 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 a wheelchair. <laughs> came back, came back to the gym and rolled me down to the ER. I mean, how convenient is that? Uh, that was kind of nice, yeah, but the the bill wasn't. So <laughs> anyway, same ankle, same ankle. I came down on it. I heard that pop. I knew what that was all about. And of course, as a male, and I'm speaking in general here, uh, in particular for myself, but in general, as for males, but as a male, I'm pretty much, you know, a bad patient. Uh, I don't handle being a patient very well, and I like to know exactly what's going on. And if I don't know what's going on, I kind of try to deduce as best I can and, and make up my mind that it's one way and that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. It drives my wife crazy. Char is, she just, uh, she goes crazy with it. And she at one point, she just told me this past week, just shut up, I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> I don't want to hear anymore about what could be wrong with your foot. You could have gone to the doctor and figured it all out, but you didn't do that. So I come in and uh, try to, uh, to, uh, you know, tend to it as best I can. I can't really do much with it. I wrapped it and uh, kind of stayed off of it. And for the most part, but I mean, for the first couple of days, it was really, it was hard. I couldn't walk on it very much. I, you know, I was limping around with a bad limp. Uh, but no, I did not go to the doctor. Uh, I kind of figured when it first happened, oh, I just sprained it, no big deal. Can't do anything about the sprain anyway. Why am I going to go spend more money at the doctor? If all I'm going to do is walk in there and he's going to tell me, oh, it's just brain, just here, here's an ace bandage and, you know, here's some crutches and just stay off of it for a few days. Uh, so I didn't go to the doctor and uh, I just kind of tended to myself. And, uh, you know, it has it has come around and, and I'm on the mend and I think that I was correct in my original diagnosis. 
Uh, it was just a, a, a bad sprain. So praise the Lord. I tell you that. Praise the Lord. I would hate to have been wrong and have a broken ankle. <laughs> and then I'd have to hear, I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> so praise your Lord. I thank I thank God for uh for the you know the fact that it wasn't broken and I'm I'm on the mend here. But that is why fall is on the mind. That and the fact I think I may have mentioned this last episode, I also fell just a few days before that on the stairs. What is up with this? I hope I hope this last fall was the last one. And only when I fell on the stairs, I just fell a couple of stairs down, not not many. And I was just carrying a box that was too big for me. I couldn't see where I was going. Uh, it hurt my back for a couple of days. But other than that, hey, I'm, I'm fine. So what are you going to distill out of all my woes here, all my medical woes? What What is there for you? What is the golden nugget that you get to take away? Uh, well, just be careful. <laughs> Don't be like me. Um, you know, praise the Lord, I didn't break my ankle, but you know, I mean, it's it's a good idea, and I I know my wife is right. I should go to the doctor. So I guess uh, I would tell you, hey, do as I say, don't do as I do. Uh, if you ever have those kind of troubles, it's always best to go to the doctor. Uh, and then secondly, man, when you're carrying stuff downstairs, just be careful. Uh, I I was just doing something I shouldn't do. So uh, we, you know, life is fragile. Life is very fragile, and, and we see that all around us, don't we? Uh, so we have to take care of ourselves. We really do. And that goes not only for avoiding crazy behavior, uh, which I don't advocate, but also just, golly, I mean, just the simple things, you know? Don't you know, bend your knees when you go to pick something up, something simple like that. Uh, we just got to be careful. Got to be careful. Life is very fragile, and we need to appreciate what we have, and give thanks to God for what we have. So that's the golden nugget here today, folks, in our salad segment. And uh, now I think it's time to move on to Mary in the Kitchen. Hi, I'm Penny. And I'm Ray. And And this this is Mary in the Kitchen with Sarah (laughs) Reinhardt. I usually pray my rosary between the kitchen and the bathroom. Not so long ago, I would sit down with my coffee, clutch a rosary, and pray it in the silence of early morning. The new normal is that I put on one of my favorite audio versions of the rosary and pray along while I make breakfast, coffee, and pack lunch for my husband. Sometimes I will clean up the leftover dishes, get some laundry started in the washer, and fold a basket or two of clean clothes. And then, if I'm lucky, there's time for a shower, and my rosary comes with me. This habit of praying my rosary at the beginning of the day, mostly in my kitchen, somehow always seems to make me think of the joyful mysteries first and foremost. Maybe it's because I think of them as the beginning, as the start of the rosary, They're slotted for Mondays, for one thing, the beginning of the week, and they resonate with me at a level that the other sets of mysteries just don't seem to yet. I blame my kids for that. I was praying the joyful mysteries in the hospital after the birth of my oldest daughter, who was born on a major Marian feast, when I felt like a panel of fluorescence went off in my soul. Here I was holding an infant, praying the rosary. I thought of when we found out about the baby coming as I prayed the Annunciation. 
I couldn't help but think of the people who came to help me and of the help I gave to other new moms in the waning months of my own pregnancy while I meditated on the visitation. And in the nativity, I looked down at the tiny hands and the perfect face of my daughter, and I felt like Mary was looking over my shoulder. The presentation made me reflect on the upcoming baptism, which was scheduled for just a few weeks away. And then there was finding Jesus in the temple. I didn't think of the inevitability of losing this child in a store or of losing her to the world. Instead, I thought of how I spent countless hours in Eucharistic adoration, giving Jesus the worries and fears that seemed to undergird my first pregnancy, and finding him again and again through the graces of the pregnancy. I thought of how the night before the baby was born, my husband and I went to dinner, both of us teary because of an ultrasound that day that left us worried, and a little girl with toe-headed curls came bounding up to me from out of nowhere and stopped to smile. The joyful mysteries speak to me in my reluctant motherhood. I was never going to be a mother, and I still find myself largely uncomfortable with the demands of domesticity and the girliness that surrounds me. I find myself at home, though I was all set for a career in the world and success in terms that were much different than how I count them now. In the joyful mysteries, I see some of the humor of my situation, but I also see, above all, the hope. They point gently to the cross that's in front of us and to the indescribable joy beyond the cross. This week, will you join me in praying at least a decade of the rosary? Pick a joyful mystery, the Annunciation, Visitation, Nativity, Presentation, or Finding Jesus in the Temple, and offer it for your vocation, whatever that is. Ask Mary to help you follow what Jesus is asking of you this week. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was Sarah Reinhardt. You can find more of Sarah over at snoringscholar.com. And uh, beautiful. Wow. That is an awesome, awesome reflection, Sarah. Thank you so much. You know, we are in the month of the rosary. Uh, October is the month of the rosary. And, you know, I've, I've mentioned before that uh, I used to pray the rosary every day. And not only that, I used to pray more than, you know, like multiple rosaries. So like maybe like the joyful and the sorrowful or uh, something like that. So I, I, I pray the rosary a lot. And I guess with the busy, busyness of life, that kind of uh, died away for, to, to multiple rosaries, just to one. And then, you know, eventually down to where I have been as of late, which is uh, not often. <laughs> so October came along and I said, you know what? I want to pray the rosary. I want to start praying the rosary again. So uh, here we are. We're on the, what is today? Today I'm recording this late this week because of all my injuries. Uh, this is the 15th. Uh, we're 15th uh, of October. And so far I have prayed the rosary every day. And I'm I'm just so thankful that I've been able to do that. It is a beautiful, beautiful prayer. And I'm a lot like, uh, a lot like you, Sarah. I, I try to get it in in the morning because I know that as the uh, the day wears on, guess what? Things come up and it gets really difficult to break away. And then in the evening, uh, you know, 
getting the kids in bed and everything. It's just hard to do. And I, I tell you, we do, when we're in the car driving, we will pray the rosary together. Uh, but it's very difficult. We have a hard time, and we've got to work on this. We have a hard time getting our kids to settle down and mom and dad <laughs> to settle down and to pray the rosary as a family. We do it from time to time, but we don't do it every day. And I wish we did. That would be really awesome. So anyway, thank you very much, Sarah. Once again, snoringscholar.com is her online home. You can visit Sarah over there. We also want to give a special thanks to L'Angelus for letting us use their Ave Maria in the show. And you can find L'Angelus over at CajunRecords.com. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm-hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat three times a day to the day that you die, why not be good at it? Well, here we are in the coffee and dessert segment. I just got really just a few announcements uh, for you. First of all, the Catholic Foodie Coffee if you haven't ordered any Catholic foodie coffee yet, mm, you just don't know what you're missing. I'm telling you, don't know what you're missing. Uh, it is the freshest coffee you're going to find anywhere on planet Earth. I'm telling you, that, that, that's true. Uh, it's it's roasted, hand-roasted locally right here uh, every Tuesday, and we ship it out on Wednesday. So very, very fresh uh, coffee. Try to get your order in before, like on mon- by Monday, Monday evening, that kind of gives us a gauge as to how much we need to ship out on Wednesday. Uh, you can uh, find out more and place an order for Catholic Foodie Coffee by going to catholicfoodie.com slash coffee. And uh, I also want to let you know that we are working right now on putting together some Christmas packages. Uh, we have details we still got to work out, but those packages are going to include coffee and coffee mugs. Can't wait for that. So uh, excellent stocking stuffers. So Keep that in your noggin. Think about that. Mark that, uh, kind of mark that in your notebook or something. And uh, it's a good idea. People love coffee, especially for Christmas presents. Got to think about that. Anyway, more on that soon. Uh, Also, we're working on revamping the actual Catholic foodie store. So you'd be able to buy uh, the coffee. It'd be an easier process, more, uh, uh, I guess, appealing to the eye. So all that is underway. Also, today's the 15th, right? So guess what? Guess what happens in about five days? In about five days, the second issue, the second issue of the Catholic Foodie Newsletter goes out. And if you have not signed up for that yet, please do so. Go to catholicfoodie.com slash newsletter. And uh, lots of good content. I've got lots of excellent contributors. Sarah Reinhardt is one of them. Uh, Many good contributors who are... um, uh, who have articles and, and, and thoughts and tips and reflections uh, that go into the newsletter. That's what, that's what makes up the newsletter. Recipe from me, uh, a suggested prayer for the, the week or the month. Uh, lots of good stuff going into the newsletter, stuff that you don't find at catholicfoodie.com. So uh, please do sign up if you haven't already, catholicfoodie.com slash newsletter. One last announcement, and this is really for my good friend Lisa Hendy. I told you already earlier in the episode that uh, she and I were going to be speaking uh, at the NCCW, the National Conference of Catholic Women, their annual convention in November in Washington, D.C. But she is going to be in Boston very soon. So let me tell you uh, here 
what is happening. This is happening actually this weekend, okay, folks? This weekend. Uh, if you are going to be in Boston, or if you are in Boston this weekend, Pat Gone and Lisa Hendy are going to the same place that uh, Cliff Ravenscraft and Father Roderick went to for the CNMC. They're going to have a meetup on uh, Sunday. This Sunday, they're going to have a meetup. And let me get the, I'm pulling up right here, the, um, oh, goodness, oh, goodness. Here are the details. I should have pulled this up earlier. All right, it's a meet and greet with Lisa Hendy and Pat Gone at John Harvard's in Cambridge from 2.30 to 4.30. Join them for a no-host gathering with Boston-area friends. It's just a meet-up, folks, just a meet-up. Come uh, for as long as your schedule permits, and uh, she'll be attending 5 p.m. Mass that night at uh, St. Paul Parish in Cambridge. So uh, she'll be hanging out there, I guess, until she has to go to Mass. Anyway, uh, man, if I was up there, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Would not pass up a chance to to sip on a beer with uh, with Lisa Handy and Pat Gone. That'd be so much fun. So if you are in Boston, just just uh, keep that in mind. It's this Sunday, this Sunday, the seventeenth, two uh, thirty to four thirty, John Harvard's in Cambridge. And if you go, uh, take pictures, please, and send me some pictures and have a beer for me. <laughs> and let me know. Give me a call, 985-635-4974, or email me, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. I would love to know if you get to go to that. And one last thing here, feedback. I just gave you the info. I'm going to give it to you again. If you have anything you'd like to share with the Catholic Foodie, any comments, thoughts, suggestions, anything, whatever, you can always give me a call, 985-635-4974, 985 6354974 we love love voice feedback by the way of course you can always email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com and uh hmm, goodness we got good stuff coming up next week so i can't wait to see you then so until then bon appetit SQPN, leading the way in Catholic New Media.